0: approach Lent, uh, discerning our Lent so that we set ourselves up to have a faithful and fruitful Lent instead of a Lent of frustration and failure.
1: Welcome to the Pints and Peas podcast. I'm your co-host, Dennis.
0: And I'm your other co-host, Robert. And we're just a couple guys talking the Catholic faith over a pint or two of our favorite beers.
1: So why don't you pour yourself a pint, pull up a chair, and listen in for the next little while.
0: As we take the face seriously, but not necessarily ourselves.
1: And as always, if you want to take part in the conversation or have an idea for the podcast, leave us a comment or swing by our Facebook page and drop us a message.
0: Dennis, buddy, you still cranky from last episode?
1: (laughs) No, not after your book, The Logic of Anger, Roberto. I must read that. I'll put that on my reading list. No, not cranky. Cold, but not as cold as last week. Snow. It's a little disappointing to be driving home from school today and uh, started snowing. I don't know if you're getting much snow up there, but we're we're getting quite a bit down here.
0: Yeah, no, I realized that. I was uh, out and about there this afternoon, and it was sunny here this morning. Absolutely gorgeous sunrise. God is good. God Mm -hmm. is good. Uh, I didn't get much sun here. No, I had to step out for a little bit and then coming home, it's like, oh, where did all the snow come from? I didn't realize uh, we were gonna get that much. I would say where did all the snow it was coming down mm. nice and gentle, like, but it still you know, was very white out there. And it actually dictated my, my beer choice for today. Oh,
1: interesting. Um, but it's not gonna stick around because as we know, it's gonna get above freezing next couple of days. So that's good.
0: Yeah, I saw but, rain in the forecast as well. So
1: by the way, that out and about was over emphasize for american listeners just he doesn't really say it that that canadian like do you rubber
0: all the time about out and
1: time. about out and about we should have enunciation lessons on them anyhow and Go you're going to you...
0: be leading the enunciation lessons out and about like the blind
1: leading the blind the with blind. That one. what do you got today
0: what have i got today i've got a beer
1: what kind of beer do you got
0: so i had lined up a cream ale which i will bring out on a future episode but again like i said was uh out the hmm. snow started coming down and right. it started feeling more like a, a dunkle kind of day. duncle
1: kind of day. I thought Dunkel was rainy kind of cold. I guess it could be snowy kind of cold too.
0: I just felt a need for, for a darker beer today. So here we'll just, I'll, I'll open this up. All right. I've got myself from the Woodhouse Brewing Company their stout beer. And that looks like
1: It's like goodness. Where's the woodhouse? Where? I'll take you out to the the... woodhouse, son, and give you a good (laughs) good old fashioned beating, like in the olden days.
0: I think I was taken out behind the woodhouse a few times. So the the woodhouse is uh, out of Toronto, Ontario. So not that you would find many woodhouses down in Toronto. You know why? Yeah, that's
1: a misnomer. That's the one fair woodhouse. I'm I'm thinking of this rural Ontario that you picked it out from. That's a nice looking stout, though, Robert. I wish uh, I it's, listeners it's, it's could see got that. a
0: nice chocolatey head on that too. Like it's not, uh,
1: well, you look at that, not that got that whiter
0: the, foam. It's, it's like, a, got the Guinness honey or almost like a, a brown. Foam you got the
1: Guinness the... glass as well, too. So, there yeah, you go. Thanks to my buddy. There you go. One thing you got from your old friend
0: that and a headache. But, but I'm bummed. What have you got on the go uh, with us? I got today, a cream or
1: Creamor premium lager. I've had this Very before. Nice. I don't know when, but uh, I love the Creemore. Where? How? I'm trying to think of Creemore. Where exactly is that? That's how
0: That's out. I, I want to say kind of northwest of West. Guelph,
1: yeah, right? yeah. Like it's the Waterloo area, Guelph. Right. Right.
0: right. And it's under. a premium
1: lager. It's uh, it's excellent. I've had this a few times. Now this is a little bit more expensive than you're probably willing to pay, Robert. Mind you, that Woodhouse is probably. So who Not
0: gave that. it to you? If it's that expensive, I know you weren't going out and buying it yourself.
1: Well, you know what, Robert, I was running a little short on beers yesterday, and the Bills game was on, and I thought, I need to pick up a couple of beers in case Dan comes over, which he did to watch the game. Um, and of course, they lost the Bills. Taylor Swift was in the audience, but that's another story.
0: So it must be fixed then because, you know, the NFL needs to keep Taylor Swift in the I game right to the Super the fan, Bowl.
1: I think the ratings are up. There's a lot of uh, Swifty fans that are coming into the NFL, not a lot of Reaching NFL fans. Reaching out to a whole
0: new demographic. I think so, our...
1: yeah. A whole new generation for sure. So I decided to pick this up and no, it was not on special.
0: What are you doing taking a sip before we say grace before beer? I didn't take a sip. I was... <laughs>
1: I was about to. You we were forgot. about to. It was
0: like the one time my dad almost uh, took a drink before saying cheers. It was like there was there was a tremor that went through the head. Oh, well,
1: speaking of your dad, Carlos. So I did have uh, I did have a couple creamors, and then I thought, you know what? It's a school night. I'll only have two watching the game yesterday. And then I had a most in Excel. and I remember you talking about your dad. You know, yeah. he would have. He, that he wasn't most in
0: it Was mostly an export? No. But
1: uh, no, no, he had. Um, you used to tell me near the, like in his final couple of years and stuff, you were giving Oh, him the, the non-alcoholic beer. Yeah. That's why I was thinking of him. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That in the nursing home, he had, a. Right. he was the only one with a beer fridge in the nursing home and it came from my sister's ex-husband. So it had all kinds of skateboard stickers all over it. Cool. Right. And he always had at least 12 beers in his little beer fridge at the nursing home.
1: Have right? you ever had one of
0: those? the xl. Yeah. I think I had the labat Dry or once. whatever I don't know what. Yeah. I, not bad. It's it's not bad. It'll do in no. a pinch. Yeah. But it, doesn't it, have it that still same doesn't have full, the, it just doesn't no. have the the same fullness of flavor to Yes,
1: it. yes, fullness of flavor. Right. But so, uh it wasn't bad.
0: But my stout is getting lonely, sir, so we should say prayer so that we can yep. get going.
1: Okay, sir, whenever you're ready.
0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Bless, O Lord, this creature beer, which thou hast deigned to produce from the fat of grain, that it may be a salutary remedy to the human race, and grant, through the invocation of thy holy name, that whoever shall drink it may gain health and body, and peace and soul. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Cheers, buddy. Cheers, Robert. You can take your sip now.
1: So the Bills lost, like I said, another long-suffering. I mean, do you remember the early 90s, Robert? I know you're a big CFL fan, but, geez, they lost four in a row, and they lost yesterday. It just seems like they're like the Leafs of the NFL.
0: What sport do the Bills play?
1: Nope, They play, you know as well as I do, they play hockey, Robert. Come on. There
0: we go. There we go. (laughs)
1: Speaking it, really, of beliefs, it really, it
0: really is something that I, I, NFL football, I really don't follow at all, at all.
1: I know, but it's just it, now playoff. Well, any sort of playoff season is always exciting. I find playoff hockey, playoff basketball, playoff football, playoff soccer, TFC. Remember when TFC was in those playoffs and finals there a few years back? Roberto, I was, was there, exciting. buddy. I was I no. no,
0: it is exciting. You weren't at it the finals, is exciting but you were at the and playoffs, being yeah. part of a playoff atmosphere, being part of a finals atmosphere is truly is exciting. Right, yeah. And uh, my wife had some friends that were actually at the Bills game yesterday. Oh, and they sent a picture and my wife says, "Yeah, you could never pay her to even go to something like that." Like they look just absolutely frozen.
1: Yeah, they did look... Well, it wasn't as cold as the, in Kansas City the week before. That was, like, ridiculously cold. But it was pretty cool. But I just want to go to the game for the um, tailgate. They say the tailgate's quite fun. Lots of food, lots of ribs, lots of wings, lots of chili, lots of beer. So maybe just go to the
0: tailgate and not even bother with the game. <laughs> I
1: know. Lent's coming up, I guess. Say eh,
0: Robert. Yeah, are you... Uh given up a drink for lunch I again was this really, time, just like really, our
1: first season? I know, I was really, really considering it. Still am, but um, we may be going away to Belgium, so if I do that, the Belgian brewer, you know the Belgian Brewer Oh, yeah, where you've exactly. Like the,
0: you, know, you can't give up beer and then go to the land of beer.
1: And then I could always give up chocolate and sweets, but then we'll go to Belgium and France for a couple of days, so that might be difficult too. Doesn't leave us much left, does it, Robert?
0: Yeah, Lent wasn't meant to be easy either. No, I know. And and we'll talk about fasting in a couple of minutes. I like that you brought up chocolates because mm-hmm. uh, you know, we're sitting here still in January when mm-hmm. we record this. It will drop a week, week and a half before Lent starts. So you know we do want to kind of get our, our Lenten thoughts out there and some strategies how to deal with Lent. But you mentioned chocolate, and chocolate is very important for Lent this year.
1: Yeah, I was I first found that out a couple of weeks ago when I looked at the date, and I thought to myself, I, I can't remember the last time that um Ash Wednesday and um Saint Valentine's, Valentine's day, day found were on the same day. Can you do you know it did actually you that wasn't up? that long ago? I'd oh. have
0: to dig up my research notes, but it wasn't all that long ago. Let's say within the last five to seven years it did happen wow that uh it has to be within the last seven years because we we're in this house we we're up here in port perry okay and yeah valentine's day and ash wednesday were on the same day and that was kind of like a big kerfuffle like how can you yeah. have a day of of fasting and abstinence and still celebrate valentine's day mm-hmm. uh, I, mean, I had blew Valentine's Day the very first year we were married, and so I've been kind of off the hook. Like I said, the bar's so low, mm-hmm. so, so low, that me just waking up and saying happy Valentine's Day is uh, way better than the standard that's been set in this household. So. Why?
1: What do you do? Like secondhand chocolates or dead flowers? Why, what is, why are things so bad there, Rupert?
0: Well, it wasn't quite that bad, but... Okay. Uh... <laughs>
1: You found the you picked the flowers and, and let's right just there. let's
0: just say no one should ever go out and panic by a gift for their wife the first no. year of marriage. And uh we'll we'll just leave it at that.
1: Well it was the thought that count counted.
0: Yeah, well, there was no thought put maybe into it, it and that's why it didn't
1: count. Well, you know what? It's it is a bit overhyped. I mean really you'd be better off doing something nice and, flowers and cart- well no on another day why february 14th i mean mm. you know i i usually do some of that i don't really go out for the dinners on february 14th like that's something i'll stay away from restaurants and stuff just because it's just almost impossible to get a you know a seat a table but
0: you don't want to pay a hundred dollars for the heart-shaped yeah.
1: steak yeah you pay a hundred bucks you can pay the same meal what like on another day for half the price Heart shapes. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen that.
0: Uh, so, what do I mean, you, what... anyone that I, you know, I think you're the only one I know. Let's say anyone I know. I think you're the only one I know right. who actually manages to find a coupon for a Valentine's Day card.
1: No, I've never had a coupon for Valentine's Day. I've never bought a boxed Valentine's Day card. Do they even have those? I always remember Valentine's Day in all my twenty-six plus years of marriage. Believe it or not.
0: But that being said, again, with Valentine's Day being on Ash Wednesday, I think the two yeah. can the two can coexist. The two can coexist, uh, and it doesn't mean that you have to get creative mm-hmm. with it or or anything. But I think it helps us keep it in proper perspective. Like you were saying, like to show your spouse, to show your significant other, love shouldn't be confined to just a couple days. In the calendar year, Valentine's Day, your anniversary, and her birthday. Right. It really is a day in and day out expression of love. Right.
1: But having said that, Ash Wednesday is a day of fasting and abstinence. So, does it it leave a lot of things off the table? Correct, Robert?
0: Well, again, day of fasting and abstinence. Mm -hmm. A day of fasting, it's two small meals and one regular-sized meal. Yeah. Okay. So, if you have a very small breakfast and a very small lunch... then yet you can have a regular-sized dinner. Again, Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean you go out to the Mandarin buffet Mm -hmm. for that, right? But you could go out and have a reasonable-sized meal. You could. Fish, pasta. Exactly. Exactly. Pizza. So I think there is a a way, and it's not to be splitting hairs or to be looking for Mm loopholes. I think it's just to be more cognizant of the reality of our spousal love, that it's not to be over-glorified on a particular day. And if anything, if anything, reducing what's going on around it, reducing the worldly aspect of Valentine's Day, allows mm-hmm. you to concentrate more on each other as a person, on each other as made in the image and likeness of God.
1: Right. Right. Right.
0: right. So instead of spending all the time in the lineup for the visit at the Mandarin buffet, mm-hmm. you can be sitting at the table, engaged in conversation.
1: Absolutely. Right. So, yeah, I, so I
0: think there there are
1: ways. They're they're workable for sure. Yeah, I can't believe it's just around the corner though. It seemed just like yesterday we were doing our first episode online. And had I if I am staying in the country, which is more looking like I'm not. I thought not, you
0: were going to say if you are staying on the show, but that's a uh, whole other conversation.
1: If I am staying on the in the country, I definitely would have really given good consideration to giving up here. Well, you see a lot of dry Januaries and dry Februaries is kind of getting in the mood for like uh giving up alcohol for lunch and as we know sundays are feast days robert so one can imbibe and whatever one has given up on the sunday if one wishes correct
0: correct but again i think at that point you're looking for
1: loopholes uh, i don't think it's and loopholes now and i don't usually so we've do talked about this on yeah we have, we have we have we have right i think it's it's something that where, where did i read that you shouldn't go out of your way to you know you don't necessarily have to have it on the sunday but you shouldn't go out of your way to avoid it if it's yeah, and don't gorge thing.
0: yourself either on it. No. Like, woohoo, it's Sunday. I, I, I'm i not drinking. Yeah, but I'll have woo-hoo, a... Woohoo, it's Sunday. I'm going to have a 12-pack.
1: I'm going to have a 2-4, exactly.
0: Right.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah, exactly. No, that's that's totally getting ridiculous, for sure.
0: But thinking uh, about this and looking mm-hmm. forward to Lent, um, you know, we talk about uh, you can imbibe a little bit whatever you're fasting from on the Sundays. uh. I think it is important to approach Lent. I mean, I use the word strategies. I don't know if that's necessarily the right word, but we need to approach Lent with a plan, approach Lent in a way that is mindful, in a way that is prayerful. And we need to approach Lent uh, discerning our Lent so that we set ourselves up to have a faithful and fruitful Lent Instead of a Lent of frustration and failure.
1: Hmm. Yes, well put, Robert.
0: D- does that make sense?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You want to repeat
0: that last comment you just made?
1: <laughs> well put, Robert.
0: <laughs> one more time in case our listeners missed it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so how does one do that then? And we have to remember the three aspects there. Prayer, almsgiving, and fasting. Almsgiving, Robert, hint, hint. But what about prayer? You might well, want to talk a little about prayer first. Let's just
0: say I'm not the one that the person with the parish envelopes doesn't recognize the name. After right?
1: 25 years, of Robert, I thought that I would have jumped right, right. To you the front you figured
0: you were at the forefront of her mind when it came to counting the yeah.
1: Just goes to show you. But I even prayer though, Robert. When you think about that, it's not something that I mean one should be having a regular prayer life, so it doesn't you know increase. Shouldn't increase greatly during it. What, how would it differ from one's regular prayer life?
0: Maybe increase is a, is a good word. I would say refocus
1: and refocus,
0: right? I know for myself, uh, I tend to lose focus in my prayer life. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the, the hamster starts going off in mm-hmm. so many different directions, uh, tend to become slack in my prayer life, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Right, And so Lent yep. is a, a time when it comes to our prayer life to refocus, to re-engage, and restart a uh, prayer life. All those practices that you know, maybe we were doing in our prayer life. That well, I think that's
1: a good idea. Yeah, And the, the
0: darkness of winter kind of dis-
1: disappeared. So that could be just, you know, when I think about it too, Robert, because we, you know, you we talk about La Dautia. I mean, you sent me something this morning. And I think maybe that could be something like just a spiritual reading every day for Lent or a chapter of the gospel every day for Lent, something that you're not maybe necessarily doing, but you do it for those 40 days or 40 plus six days. Oh, Would that be something sure. you're thinking about? Yeah.
0: For sure. Or like I was even saying, re-engaging in a prayer practice that you have let drop off. Yeah. Again, through the winter months when it's dark, when you get up mm-hmm. and for me, before, uh you know, prayer was part of my morning routine, mm-hmm. uh, especially before our, our Goldie passed away. You know, we'd mm-hmm. get up, I'd take the dog for a walk in right. the morning, and that would be the time I would I would have to pray my rosary. Our, our, our Goldie is right. now gone to her Creator, and right. it's dark out in the morning, and it's cold out in the morning, so I'm not wanting to go out for a walk. So that prayer time has kind of mm-hmm. fizzled out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I can see... Lent is a time to to double down to to return to those practices that I had before, Mm -hmm. right? And like you're saying too, it's also a time to add a little bit to our prayer routine. So if you are doing some things, like you mentioned reading the Gospels every day, a lot of people will do the readings of the day every day. Mm -hmm. But outside of that, do you pick up the gospels and read a few verses outside of that so not necessarily the gospel of the day but just make your way yourself doing your own lexio divina
1: right make your way through the new testament say or something like that no and that's an excellent point robert i think that's something that maybe we could do i know spiritual reading I, i you know i try to do you know whether i'm reading first things or anything i you know, but then a couple of days you get busy and you don't think about it. But I, I think oh, the first part is key that morning, existence. that morning part is key. And if you don't have that dog walk, now I'm mostly listening to podcasts on the dog walk, but I got to get up in the morning and I got to do my 15, 20 minutes of, uh, you know, prayer because that starts the day. I think that starts the day you put me onto that because I think you were walking Goldie at the time when you said prayer in the morning was the best time for you.
0: Routine, 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 and- yeah. And I've heard too, somewhere recently, like scientific studies that, you know, morning when we first get up, you know, kind of once you've shaken the cobwebs out, that is the most productive part of Mm -hmm. your day. Right. Right. Yeah. Whether it's with your prayer life or whether it's going about business, like mornings is usually when we get the most done. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, yeah, adding a little bit of of prayer to your morning routine uh, would be great. But when it Thinking about that, and as as we're talking about Mm -hmm. that, we need to remember when we approach Lent and making these changes is to to keep it simple and to keep it attainable.
1: I like that, yeah.
0: As well. So like I say, for myself, looking to pick up saying the rosary again on a regular basis, it's not to pick up the rosary and say all 20 mysteries every day.
1: Right. right? Or, or, you know, saying that you're going to read a gospel a day like it's just keep it like you say just you know small little steps robert
0: yeah and you're right. saying that uh you know a great place to start too would be uh father mike schmidt's bible in a day just so a start day. listening to that on mm-hmm. a regular basis
1: right yeah right or catechism in a day yeah he's got both And then, of course, you know, for your prayer. And then, of course, almsgiving. You mentioned Mm -hmm. that too, Robert. And that's something that we got to think about if we have the means to, right, to remember that the church and other people do need our financial resources.
0: So we'll expect a little bit more in your envelope down at the parish. Yeah. So we're going
1: to clear out the moths of your wallet there, Robert, and see what (laughs) pops up. (laughs) Yeah. No, but you're absolutely right.
0: And again, you know, Pick something. Don't be, again, going to look to break the bank mm-hmm. with your almsgiving saying, I'm going to start splashing all of this cash around. Because mm-hmm. when you jump into things you know, kind of hot and heavy like that, it's a recipe for disaster because we end up biting off more than we can chew. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we end up spitting out whatever it is we've decided to take on as opposed to properly digesting it. Right, 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 and so to pick something uh, smaller contribution, mm-hmm. whether it's adding a little bit more to your parish envelope. Right? We are supposed to be, you know, we're called to uh, tithe. We're called to give ten percent on our gross income. Uh, are we really,
1: Robert? Yeah, that's what I we're called to that. do.
0: Uh, is like that is that what like happens? a church? Dictum? Probably not. Yeah. It's not a a dictum, but it is. The Church of Jesus Christ of
1: Latter day Saints. And I know Muslims do about three or 4%. And I didn't realize that we're called to tithe as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: But from that, from that, again, keeping it consistent. Mm -hmm. And again, not doing a huge jump in in what you're giving, Mm -hmm. keeping it consistent and maybe discerning, picking, choosing. where it goes so it doesn't necessarily have to go into the collection basket well
1: i think that falls right in with the prayer that you just spoke about is that yeah maybe we're going to do something else with prayer where it's spiritual reading or do Mm something i think this could be the same thing where you give your regular collection and then say you know what i'm going to maybe give a little saint to saint vincent de paul every week that's exactly what i was just thinking yeah Yeah. so So i I was going to suggest that it's kind of fitting into what you're talking about in both cases there
0: yeah, so making a regular donation weekly to the St. Vincent de Paul mm-hmm. box on your way out from Mass, uh, it could be something, and this is uh, a guess that's going to be coming up uh, in the <laughs> next couple of months for us. Go yeah, on. Yep. Finding a Catholic charity to to mm-hmm. make a regular donation, so like sponsor a child through a Catholic charity. Mm-hmm. Right. I Absolutely. don't want to go into too many more details because I don't want to give away who our guest is going to be. You don't
1: want to give it away, but... Absolutely. And if you do that, I don't think you necessarily miss that. Like in terms of I know you know what there's we have a lot of expenses, and especially in today's, you know, Roberts, things are getting more expensive as we know. But if if that comes out of your account, like another bill or another payment that you make on a regular basis when you talk about sponsoring a child,
0: you don't I, notice it.
1: I don't think you notice it as much. And well, it does wonders for that that little person, right? Living in a developing country. Yeah. Helps and them out a great just- deal.
0: One last thing when it comes to almsgiving, Mm -hmm. I want to throw out a a couple of other words to you there, too, is time and talents,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: right? I think that's a a North American conception, uh, a very Western civilization or Western society. So North America and Europe kind of notion is that charity has to be throwing money at it. Right. Right. But what about your time and talents?
1: Yeah. Well, I'm right here. Yeah. I think you're speaking to me well, now. Sorry, let me just sit up and watch But exactly, talents.
0: exactly. You, this year, have stepped mm-hmm. up to volunteer your time and talents and helping out with the RCIA program.
1: And it's about time, Robert, because you've been doing that for the last, I don't know how many years at your church. But yeah, since you moved into the LPA position at St. Bernadette's, it's been a blessing for me to help out. I didn't think I was going to learn as much as I did, and I'm still learning, and I I really enjoy it. And it doesn't have to be onerous. Like oh, you say, oh. I think some people are very... Maybe a little bit reticent, Robert, maybe some of our listeners, I don't want to get involved in my church because I'm going to be given, you know, a lot of, no, it's one day a week and it, it's, um, I think it's fantastic. It's been a real boon yeah, to my spiritual you, life.
0: You need to individually, prayerfully discern right. where you can best place your time and talents, because not everybody has the talent or the gift of teaching, right? as you do.
1: right? Or so you not can every, everybody's ask your LPA. And your LPA will help you discern that position. Some people's
0: talents are along the lines of catechesis or for teaching. You know, other people are maybe more manually inclined. So it could be helping out with, you know, fixing things up around the parish. Right. right? It could be Reading helping you, Barbara, out at a soup done. kitchen. Right? Yeah. Like It doesn't even have to be in the parish.
1: No. You know? speaking. It could be that you've got a great smile. Great. We'll put you on the welcoming. I mean, just when you walk into church and you're new Robert and you're, you're doing something I know at the church now, which is going to welcome newcomers every fourth Sunday, but just to have some people at the beginning, you know, at the narthex, just smiling at people as they come into church. Welcome. That's so important.
0: hundred percent. And if you're so inclined, unlike Dennis and myself, it could be singing in the choir.
1: Absolutely. Although Julius, I mean, um, Julius, I think, does sing in the choir, doesn't he? No, Jeffrey does. Our friends, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, they haven't asked me yet, but I think I'm. I think they might be looking for some. Extra. You're on the.
0: You're on the cusp of joining the choir. <laughs> on the cusp. <laughs> oh, there
1: are <laughs> prayers needed for the people of the
0: parish now,
1: but oh, and enjoying. we say
0: that jokingly. But again, it's yeah. to come back to the notion with when alms giving is to prayerfully discern. You know where you would want to direct your your charitable donation, but also to prayerfully Mm -hmm. discern where you could best place your time and talents, Mm -hmm. right? Whether it's within the parish or within another Catholic Christian uh, organization Mm -hmm. to be the hands of Christ out in the world.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Because I always think of almsgiving, Robert, as giving financially. So I think you're right. If giving of talents, is, it may be a lot of, us our yeah. listeners and people out there don't have the financial means to give anymore. So then you give of yourself, right? You give up your talents. Well, and that's how sure. the church works. Sure. The church can't operate. I see how many people are involved at the church for bear and it cannot operate without these people giving of their time. And, and you talents. only
0: see the half of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I know you're I mean, behind you the scenes. You only
0: see the half of it. I know. Uh, and if it wasn't for the volunteers in the parish, uh, yeah, where we, would the church be? It would be so difficult to run the parish without the, the volunteers. And so finally we have the three pillars of Lent, prayer, mm-hmm. almsgiving, and finally the one that everyone equates Lent with mm-hmm. is the fasting or the fasting, fasting. in an absence. Giving something up.
1: What are you giving up for Lent? What are you maybe maybe the one I have the most difficult with?
0: Well, as we've already seen with you trying to figure out what it is that you, you want to, to fast from. Right. And as we start talking about fasting, I want to come back. I've mentioned this quote a few times on the mm-hmm. show. Whenever I give talks, uh, parish missions for Lent, now I, I mention this when it comes to fasting. When it comes to fasting, we need not to think about what am I fasting from, but we need to think about who am I fasting for. Mm. Right, so how is your Lenten fast going to be Christ-centered? How is this going to bring you closer to Christ? Right? And again, like with prayer and alms giving, those aspects of Lent, again, the time needs to go in to prayerfully discern what you're going to fast from in Lent. So that's why I'm actually happy that mm-hmm. this episode is going to drop a week or so before Lent. Because the last few years, traditionally, our Lent episode comes out almost halfway through Lent. And by then, it's almost too late. Okay. Right. Because if you don't think about, if you don't prayerfully discern what you want to fast from for Lent until Ash Wednesday, you're setting yourself up for failure. Because kind of like my panic decision of the Valentine's Day gift Mm -hmm. 28 years ago, you're going to make a panic decision on your, your Lenten fast And you're not going to choose wisely. And you're going to come up with something that's not attainable. Mm -hmm. Right? You're going to come up with something that you're not going to be able to keep that promise.
1: Right. And if you don't tie that fasting into Christ, then it's no different from a a dry January or Mm -hmm. dry February. It has to be more than that, Robert. That's a good point.
0: Lent is not simply a Catholic diet.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Right. So... Uh we need to keep in mind the the notion of fasting, like we said, the the two small meals and one regular sized meal. I, that's always a big one for yeah. me through mm-hmm. Lent. It's not necessarily the, the reduction in size of meals, but it's giving up the snacking in between, it's like the good. constant grazing. And that's something <laughs> that I, I need to like keep focused on.
1: Robert, it's funny you mentioned that as I think of the the popcorn, the cashews and the chips i had while watching the bills and chiefs yesterday that's a good point so that's something yeah. i think we can all uh improve on the snacking and you're right yeah it's coming home you have you know a couple hours till dinner you have a little snack maybe at, at work you're having a little snack i know you dig into those frozen cookies that were supposed to be for our cia <laughs> on tuesday night but secret uh, yeah exactly but uh, that's a difficult thing to do if we can eliminate that well that's something right there isn't it just to yeah. get rid of all your snacking
0: yeah, so I mean, start with something like that, and it's not meant to be easy. It's going to be no. difficult, right? It's going well, to be difficult.
1: I think that's an excellent point, though, Robert. Right there is that it's not supposed to be easy. If it was easy, then it would it would there wouldn't be a point, right? There has to be some oh, exactly. hurt there, mm-hmm.
0: exactly. And when we talk about prayerfully discerning about keeping it Christ centered, uh, with that in mind, you know our Lenten fast should be. Around something too that will help make us a better person. That will help make us more Christ-like,
1: mm-hmm. not more cranky, but more Christ-like.
0: Well, it's going to make you cranky as well. But that's that's a whole other story. <laughs> not that you can be any more cranky, there, my friend. Right? <laughs> did on. you just put reading glasses on? I don't I know did. if I've ever seen you with uh, the specs on there. You're actually always... look a little erudite
1: with those. Do I a little yeah. professorial? Well, I wouldn't go yeah. that far. Um, yeah, I always have reading glasses, Robert. Now, mind you, ever since uh, laser eye surgery a couple years back, I don't need them as much. So, for instance, when I have my um, Sunday missile, I can actually read it because it, the the monthly one is a little bit bigger print. You get the,
0: the large print version anyway. Yeah.
1: Well, no, I don't get the large print, but it is a little bit bigger than that yearly one.
0: <laughs> one letter to a page. But uh, but we're, we digress here. We do digress. Uh, we talk about you know, fasting and that looking for ways to improve, looking for, for ways that will make us, more christ-like so again that's where the prayerful discernment comes into play and in my own experience with some of those things mm-hmm. i have found it's taken me sometimes two three four lengths to break a habit
1: mm-hmm. all right now when you think about all these three things prayer on giving fasting is there something that sticks out in terms of that you really think that you would like to you know i know you're going to do all those three robert but is there something that you're thinking about Giving up or you've, it's crossed your mind. I know you've done it in the past, but is there anything that you think I need to take a break for 40 days? I need to. Yeah. My about...
0: friendship with you.
1: <laughs> no. You should be so lucky. Eh? You,
0: you know what? Again, we're three weeks out. I think I'm starting to, to prayerfully discern. Yeah. I'm starting to, to think about this. I really like what you talked about when it comes to prayer with the, the spiritual reading, because for myself, that's been a little bit off and on. I need to maybe get myself out of bed a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. remain a little problem, bit more focused. The problem with I, you
1: is you're getting home too late from the, you know, the yeah, work at the church. But that gives me more
0: time in the morning, right? Yeah, true. So there, there's, no, there's no excuse there. Um, with the almsgiving, again, something that I've done in the past, and it's slackened a little bit. Uh, so I think I'd like to try to pick up again this year for for Lent is putting a little something in the St. Vincent de Paul box on a mm-hmm. weekly basis, right, mm-hmm. as you were talking about. So I, I have done that before, and it actually mm-hmm. ended up being a, a habit that continued after Easter, and that's a, mm-hmm. the thing I always talk about. You know, our Lenten sacrifices need to become Easter habits. We need to to look at these beyond mm-hmm. Easter mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. well. Uh, fasting, yeah, the the, the snacking. Uh, I mean, we also need to sacrifice stuff that we enjoy, so you know, to, to use some of our Canadian lingo, those out there that enjoy their daily double double, well, maybe you just crank yeah. it down to a single single,
1: right? Yeah, you've oh, that's one thing that you've done in the past. I remember you talking about that. Yeah, if you like, you know, or you like sugar in your coffee, you yeah. give it up for like you like, yeah, cream so in exactly. Your so,
0: I have one cube of sugar in my coffee, no deal. I used to have. Four cubes of sugar in my coffee. That's ridiculous. How can you right? drink a coffee with four cubes of sugar? And then it took one sugar. Lent. I got it down to three. The next Lent, I got it down to two. Mm-hmm. I've now got it down to one cube. Uh, so through Lent, I'll, I'll just take my coffee black, which I've done the last couple of Lents, but I've always gone back to the one cube of sugar. This might be the year where it continues to stay with black coffee.
1: Well, I, I won't you know I get know. on you for one cube of sugar when you have it black. So yeah, I, have, I was double cream, then I went down to one cream, now I'm half a cream. But yeah, so I guess we ha- you have your sugar, I have my cream, a little bit of cream, so we need a little bit of those things. But even coffee itself, that's not a bad thing to give up.
0: Oh, I, I did that my- one year for Christmas. I had a caffeine-free Christmas. You Worst headache cranky. of my life. Oh yeah,
1: Whoa. that's. I remember giving that up, Whoa. I think one Lent, Robert, and it was the headache. But it's something to think about. If you think about something that you really enjoy, So so
0: here's something that you can do with that, too, is you can start weaning yourself off maybe a little bit before, but even use that Lent. okay? instead of having five cups of coffee a day, I'll I'll bring it down to three.
1: Yeah. How many cups of coffee do you Uh, have a day?
0: It could be, you know, instead of having a coffee, my coffee will be half decaf.
1: Right. How many cups do you have a day, Robert? I have my one
0: bowl of espresso. Okay. The odd time I might have a second cup at work. But okay. very, yeah, I have very, one very
1: in the morning when I get up and then one at work. That's usually just the two and yeah. maybe a half one at home or something when I come home.
0: Dennis buddy, this is the part of the show. Do you have a, a saintly quote for us? A saintly. I have saying? a few.
1: You go first. Cause I have a few and I can never decide. Robert. Let's see. And so I, many good I have
0: one right now that I came across and as I, I said last episode or the last time we did this, mm-hmm. kind of my, my new year's resolution is maybe to try to tie in my saintly sayings to the topic that we've been talking about. So we, yes. here we are talking about Lent. I didn't do the Google search because uh, I just ran out of time, but I thought about you know, you know Catholic saint quotes for Lent. I thought about doing that, but I came across this saint quote today. It's actually the day that we're recording is the feast day of Saint Vincent. Palati.
1: I know, I saw that.
0: And, and Saint Vincent.
1: You. Blessed Shamanad. Yeah. There you go.
0: Yeah. So uh you know, lots of of great, great, great saints at their feast days today that we're mm-hmm. recording us. Now the Saint Vincent Palati, you know, founded the, the Palatines, the Pi Society of Missions, uh, for urban mission work, mm-hmm. right? And for for working with the, the poor. And so I also came across this one uh, of his quotes today, and I thought this is actually pretty good for Lent. You must be holy in the way that God asks you to be holy. God does not ask you to be a Trappist monk or a hermit. He wills that you sanctify the world and your everyday life. Okay, so I'll read that again for you. Yeah,
1: that's nice, yeah.
0: You must be holy in the way that God asks you to be holy. God does not ask you to be a Trappist monk or a hermit. He wills that you sanctify the world and your everyday life.
1: Mm-hmm. That's a take on a quote that we've had on a number of occasions, Robert. And a, yeah. a nice little take is that do, do what you can in your own world, own little world, right?
0: Yeah, and... That resonated with me today, again, just that we're we're each called individually to to holiness. Mm-hmm. Now we're all called to holiness, but we're all called to holiness in an individual way. And as we're talking about, you know, strategies or things that we can do for Lent or getting ourselves ready for Lent, each one of us needs to prayerfully discern that individually as well. Mm-hmm. Right. There, there's no one size fits all when it comes to Lent. Yes, there are some norms that we're called to follow. Right. But within those norms, uh, we're also called to tailor that. So, again, as we were just talking about, the way that you develop your prayer life or expand your prayer Mm -hmm. life through Lent, the way Dennis does it will be different from the way Robert does that.
1: Right. Right,
0: right. When it comes to almsgiving, you know, the amounts and the places where you put that or the time and talent that you share for your almsgiving is going to be different. And it's going to look different from what I do. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We we especially know that when it comes to the amount, it's going to be different. (laughs) It's going to be
1: much different.
0: Right. I think you're the only one I know who puts coupons in the church envelope, but that's it's coins. You've got a reputation for coupons there, buddy. It's always coins. That's the envelope that jingles when it comes to the office. Jingling, okay. Yeah. Um, and the same and when it comes to fasting. Well. Yeah, right?
1: absolutely. I think people sometimes think it has to be grand in all aspects, but if it if it's a little thing, a little things are good too. You got to start with baby steps. Don't feel that that fast is not important. That may be important, or that little bit extra you're giving is not enough. That may be enough, and certainly that extra little prayer that you're doing that's enough as well. That's where we all start, right? Oh,
0: 100% and it's that first step that God is calling you on. Yeah. And so each one of us is called to do that differently. Each mm-hmm. one of us is going to be called in a different different manner. And so again, as Saint Vincent Pallotti t- tells us, you know, you must be holy in the way that God asks you to be holy. God does not ask you to be a trappist monk or a hermit. So he's not calling us to the, you know, play pray the liturgy of the hours. He's not right. calling us you Know to these extreme ex- aesthetic f- fasts, right?
1: Mm-hmm. And it's too late for most of us for the Trappist monastery or the her hermetic life, correct, Robert? Well, maybe Sometimes not for you. The
0: hermetic life looks pretty good, looks my pretty
1: pretty darn good, it, yeah. It absolutely. does look
0: good, right? And so, then just to, to finish off the quote, yeah, you know, God wills that you sanctify the world in your everyday life, mm-hmm. and really, that's what. Lent is calling us to do. It's mm-hmm. calling us to to purge our lives. It's calling us to sanctify our lives so that when we go out into the world and we are living our everyday life, the world knows that we are different. The world sees us as a light of Christ, and the, the world is drawn closer to Christ through us.
1: Yes. And that's and that falls right that dovetails nicely actually, Robert, right into my particular quote. And again I had a few. It's hard to come up with one. I mean that's something unlike our next segment what in the church is that which I feel like sometimes I'm running out of things because we've There's gone There's no through way you can some... run
0: out of things uh, in the church.
1: No, I church items? No, I've got tons of them, but I just think that we've gone through all of them, but the saint quotes, I mean that's unlimited. Our show will end much well before we run out of saint quotes.
0: Okay, so um, what's your quote?
1: Um okay. My quote is I don't know. I like a few of these from here. Okay, let's go with this one and then I'll read those other ones maybe some other time. Um, How about this one? Yeah, this one's good. Sorrow for sin is indeed necessary, but it should not be an endless preoccupation. You must dwell also on the glad remembrance of God's loving kindness. Otherwise, Sadness will harden the heart and lead it more deeply into despair. From St. Bernard. once Can you again. repeat that? Yeah, it's long. I know, it's long like yours. Sorrow for sin is indeed necessary, but it should not be an endless preoccupation. You must dwell also on the glad remembrance of God's loving kindness. Otherwise, sadness will harden the heart and lead it more deeply into despair. I love that. Yeah, that's good. Once, One last time, because it is it is a long one, from St. Bernard. Sorrow for sin is indeed necessary, but it should not be an endless preoccupation. You must dwell also on the glad remembrance of God's loving kindness. Otherwise, sadness will harden the heart and lead it more deeply into despair. Because I think sometimes we can beat ourselves so much, and if we realize that we are repentant, Robert, and we are asking for forgiveness, and we're going to confession, for Catholic, that. You know, forgiveness is there, but sometimes that sorrow for sin, we can just get so hardened with that, you know, sadness that it just takes us down further into this kind of despair, and that's not what God wants for us, right?
0: Oh, yeah, no, it's a spiral. It's a spiral.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, As you were reading that,
0: I was thinking, and I'm sure we've mentioned on the show before, because we've talked about this or similar topics before, but the the last person to forgive us
1: is ourselves. Yeah. And that's right. exactly, that. yeah, that fits right into what you had said on the last show, right?
0: And that really sums up kind of what St. Bernard is saying mm-hmm. here, you know. That yes, we need to have sorrow for our sins. We need to repent, right? right? There yes. is that call to repentance. Right. A hundred percent. We need to repent. We need to ask for forgiveness. Right. But once we've asked for the forgiveness, once we've gone to the sacrament of reconciliation, once we've confessed our sins... We need to remember God's love and kindness. We need to remember God's mercy. We need to remember that he has forgiven us.
1: It cannot be an endless preoccupation on our part. Because that's what the devil wants for us, doesn't he, Robert?
0: Yeah, because then we get mired in the sense that
1: we're not worthy. We're not worthy.
0: and We We
1: have no gifts and talents to offer the Lord, right? Yeah. Yeah. Why would he want us? I can't go back to church. I can't go to confession. I'm not good. Yeah. And then you get into that whole...
0: Yeah, Yeah. so I think think that's beautifully summed up by St. Bernard, that again, yeah, we need to repent, we need to have sorrow for our sins, Mm -hmm. we need to remember that God loves us, we need to remember that God wants to forgive us, Right. and we need to be accepting of that forgiveness so that we don't delve deep into despair, that we are lovable, we are savable, we Mm -hmm. are redeemable,
1: right? And again,
0: Lent gives us the, the perfect opportunity to do that. What Where a perfect time through our fasting and through our, our prayer life and through our alms giving, we recognize that, yeah, we are not perfect. We recognize these are parts of our life that need to get better.
1: Mm-hmm. And we're all a work in progress. We're there. We'll, we'll never get there. We'll, we'll always be on that journey to getting, some better, of us are to progressing
0: more. a lot slower than others there, buddy.
1: <laughs> we're all on the road to sainthood, right? Some of us God will willing. get there. Some God of us willing. won't.
0: Yeah. And, yeah we we just need to not let ourselves get bogged down yes and in, i think that last the, part is is the crucial there yeah.
1: otherwise sadness will harden the heart and lead it more deeply into despair because uh, unfortunately some people do get in that
0: and i think that's, that's maybe tip. good to keep in mind as we make our way into lent that for those times during lent where we do stumble mhm because our our Lent is not going to be perfect. There will be times yeah. when we do stumble. There'll be times when we forget to make that extra prayer right. intention that we, we had set out. There will be times where, you know we don't put as much in the envelope or we, we don't you know, do the alms giving to the amount that we had set out in our mind. There will be times where you know, we accidentally grab the the chips off the bowl while we're watching the Super Bowl mm-hmm. kind of thing, right? Right. And it's not to get bogged down. It's not to get mired in that. Oh, I failed. My Lent mm-hmm. is is a mess. I'm not worthy. Why should I even get to Easter, because I've made such a, a yeah, botch up exactly. of, of Lent? Yeah, it, we can't despair from that. No,
1: you can't. You can't get bogged down in that. Right.
0: You repent it, and you pick yourself back up, and you, you carry on. on. Yeah right? So a beautiful quote. I I really love that. It's a
1: good quote. Two good quotes. Yeah. And so
0: Dennis, we are now at your favorite part of the show. It's time for what
1: in the church is that? And now it's time
0: for what in the church is that? Where Dennis tries to stump Robert. Hmm. Have you ever listened far enough into the show to hear the music? No.
1: Once I get to that point, no. I'm too busy listening to other podcasts, Robert. Unfortunately, our good our good friends, Catholic Canadian podcast and fellow American podcasts. A couple of good ones there too, Robert. We talk about despair and stuff. But anyhow, I digress. Yes, what in the church is that? Like I said, I am running out. You do not understand. So how will I know the ones who... I've got about three or four left. Maybe keep a list. I can't. Maybe it's too late. I'd down. have to go back and listen to all our podcasts.
0: Yeah. Well, that would get our ratings up if you did that.
1: Our ratings are going to go up next podcast. That's for sure. Our ratings are going to go up next podcast. That's for sure. With our next our, our next guest. Well, I'm going to go with this one. Okay. And I, th- I think this one's pretty good. I just think the other one was too straightforward this one you probably know but here we go remember okay what in the church is that can i say that again what is a lunette or luna
0: yeah no i know we've talked about it on the show but i think we talked about it uh we did, in conjunction in another... with something else
1: darn see? Right? okay
0: uh Lunette is kind of like what you just had on. You had on your reading lunette. Uh, Excellent. I'm not sure if uh, the lunette or the luna in the context of in the church actually has a full glass like your glasses. It does go into a compartment that is round and glass like your glasses. Uh, the lunette or luna is moon-shaped and hence yes. the name lunette. Or luna, luna, luna for or luna moon. Yeah. For moon. It is moon-shaped. It's almost like a little moon-shaped clasp or clamp, nice. if you will, mm-hmm. uh, into which you place the Eucharist. You place the the large host, and then that will slip into uh, the center of the monstrance. So it's like a, a little piece that will hold the Eucharist erect or hold the Eucharist upright in the center of the monstrance, which is then placed on the altar for Eucharistic adoration.
1: Once again, unable to stump Monsieur Robert, the lunette, of course, is the container with glass sides that holds a large host that is placed in a monstrance for solemn exposition of the Blessed Sacrament. Robert, once again, good job, well done.
0: Thank you. I'm just now starting trying to figure out, starting to, to wonder, how am I going to get the little graphic up for that and people not think it's the monstrance? I'll well, mm-hmm. we'll have to, I'm well, sure with Google, there, sh- there's a picture there somewhere. There is,
1: there is. I've got one. Can I send it to you? And then you can see. Is that and within it, your I, technical capabilities? I think I can handle that. And I think there's a little something on the top where it gives you compiled by Deacon Michael DeVivo. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. So you can look to him on the internet. Okay. okay.
0: Sounds good. Well, thank you very much for that. But again, yeah, again you, that was need good, to, you need to start writing these down and keep track of them because like there's a whole bunch of other age. stuff that i i think of i'm going why hasn't he asked me about this why hasn't well he i gotta asked move out that? of the
1: church proper because we're oh, running there's all things. kinds
0: of stuff in the church proper really, no but it's i've all got the, most of them
1: the little obscure see little the thing, thing is robert there. we be it's like this uh, what i'm getting into now is stuff that we we haven't actually i haven't quizzed you on but you've mentioned it in a roundabout way when giving a particular answer correct because I could think of another. Couple. Degree, but there's yeah.
0: a lot of other stuff we haven't even talked about. And there's also things too that I'm wondering for our listeners that you know you and I take as everyday objects that perhaps they don't know what the name is.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Right? We could do stuff like so, that. Yeah. So
0: even even simplify things. Oh, maybe to, to go yeah. through. Uh, and Maybe you I'm might even be surprised, you, there might be right. stuff like that, that's that's out there that I really don't know the name for. No, that's so a good point. I, I, I think can think probably do it, call you. it something else. Yeah. Uh, I came across that recently with someone, oh, and it was one of our, what in the church is that, I think right. it was one of the very first ones. Um, I was talking with the parents of some of the first communion students this past week, mm-hmm. and it was the stoop. As we were talking about blessing ourselves yeah. with holy water. Yeah. And so I yeah. asked the parents, I said to the parents, Do you know actually what that little bowl is called? And they're like, No, that's what the, Yeah. You know, that's the, the stoop. And I yeah. almost said to them, You need to start listening to this podcast. But I think that would have been a little bit of a conflict of interest. So,
1: yeah, you should put out little flyers for people so when you come into contact of the hundreds of people you come into contact at the church every week.
0: Yeah. Sometimes I'm a little leery again, like I said, the conflict. Of interest yeah. Good kind point. Of heart,
1: so. Well, listen, do you have a shout out this week, Robert, before we sign off?
0: Yeah. So I guess t- two of them, one of them I just mentioned. So the, the parents of children who are preparing yes. for sacraments uh, at the parish, at, at parishes all around the world. So, a couple of Sundays in January, and we've got a couple of Sundays coming up in February where the parents are invited to come in after mass. And I speak with them about the importance of their role as a Catholic Christian parents. But my shout out really is to the parents who see the sacraments as important. The parents who are taking seriously Mm -hmm. their promise that they made at their child's baptism to raise them in the faith and to that, that are, they're wanting to learn themselves and wanting to raise their children in the faith. So I just think that's a, a beautiful thing. So shout out to all parents that are working really hard to help their children uh, have a very faith filled and very fruitful sacramental preparation process.
1: That's nice. Yeah. Especially in today's day and age and you becoming increasingly secular is bear the fact that parents are still taking the time for that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And
0: then from that, my second shout out is almost seeing the the fruit of that. And it's not that I know that these people, there's two young ladies, I would say, Mm -hmm. in their their mid to late 20s, that were sitting at a table beside Ellie and I at the restaurant last Saturday. Definitely Christian, because the conversation, it's not like we were sitting there listening to these ladies conversation at the table next to us either. Um, But it was loud enough that you know, we could overhear every here mm-hmm. and there, uh, but a very faith-filled and, and Christ-centered conversation. So to hear these two 20-something young ladies that are out for a night on the town between friends to be talking about church mm-hmm. and to be talking about Christ and to be talking about the Lord out in the public square like that in a way that they weren't worried about who heard them. All right, I just think, how beautiful is that? how beautiful is that there that's is a so younger cool. generation out there that is very faith-filled.
1: That's great, Robert. Right,
0: so that's, kudos that's to really those nice. ladies.
1: nice. Yeah, kudos to those ladies. I mean, that's great. It's kind of like you were, I guess, about 50 years ago when you were in your twenties, eh, Robert? It's kind of nice to see.
0: Yeah, at least my twenties were only 50 years ago, buddy.
1: <laughs> I've got one, you know, I, I, I met with a priest. I need to meet a lot more with priests, Robert, as you know, but, this priest um, was uh, came to our school before you got there, Robert, and led a couple of uh, masses early in the morning before we went off to the March for Life in Ottawa many years ago. And he's now in a retirement home, Monsignor John mm-hmm. Uh He was up in Uxbridge for a little while, and uh, he's retired. He's in his mid-80s, and I saw him a couple of weeks ago. We had a nice chat. He's doing well, and guess where he's off? He was off to relieve another priest for ten days to fill in for a priest when that priest was on vacation. So they never the truly that, retire, do they? Yeah, you know what? The fact that he's at least ten years past his true retirement and he's still going strong, still celebrating mass at the retirement that he's home, he's in in Toronto. It's just a it's just the gift of that vocation, eh? Robert? We're so lucky to be blessed with these priests and religious. Oh, uh, it's absolutely you know,
0: beautiful
1: and what it's just, it's such a and nice thing to see and he loves his vocation and it's so good to see. Yeah. So give a shout out to Monsignor John, Father John, and hopefully I'll see more of them in the upcoming months.
0: God willing, God willing. So Dennis, as always, the time seems to have flown by and my hourglass of Woodhouse stout beer is just about empty.
1: You, uh, as always, ple- it's a pleasure, Robert, and mine is just about empty. Usually I say mine's done, but I have a little bit left. But remember, I'm having a pint. And as you remember, the last couple episodes, I think one was a big beer from Belgium that my son had given me. The other one was a growler. So I'm down to regular size today. And you couldn't Although even didn't, make it through that. I don't even think I finished it all on the show. But Did you enjoy your cream show. more, buddy? It was excellent, Robert. Yeah. I, I, it's one of my probably favorite Ontario beers. But it was always great, both this and the conversation we just had.
0: Very true, very true. Now, just before we wrap up here, Dennis, perhaps there's just one small favor we could ask of our listeners.
1: If you could take a quick moment and a couple of clicks to follow us on the Pints and Pews podcast on your favorite platform and give us a review.
0: While you're at it, give us a like on Facebook, follow us on Instagram or the platform formerly known as Twitter, drop us a line at any of those three or at pintsandpews at gmail.com we always enjoy hearing from our listeners
1: and don't forget to stop by catholicmoment.ca to peruse our pints and pews ball caps t-shirts one of robert's books am i forgetting anything robert i think you sold another t-shirt looked good on our friend chris
0: yeah i forgot to give him a shout out there a good friend a couple of friends uh named chris that have picked up a shirt and uh it's out there on the social
1: media yeah you're they're selling like hotcakes is it still on special still on special um using the advent
0: 2023 until the end of january so this will be out before the after the end of january so not there but you know if you want to be like chris and have a t-shirt use the coupon code be like chris
1: nobody's gonna look as good as as chris in that t-shirt Well, both chris is in that t-shirt 100 (laughs) percent 100 100%. (laughs) percent They look good. So, Dennis,
0: finally, why don't you remind our listeners of the wise words of G.K. Chesterton
1: that appear on that shirt. In Catholicism, the pint, the pipe, and the cross can all fit together. God bless. Take care, my friend.